I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Pete Donaldson from, well, hell, but more pertinently, the WrestleMe podcast. WrestleMe, Mark! He's not here. It's only me. Uh, so on today's show, something ridiculously special indeed. Part one of our uh, King's Cross, King's Place uh, live podcast show, SummerSlam 91. Then next week, the second part of our King's Place show, uh, SummerSlam 91. Then the week after that, we managed to find, rescue the tapes from the archive, uh, last year's King's Place live show, uh, SummerSlam 92. And then you kind of get the idea from there. Thank you to everyone who came down uh, last week. Thank you to uh, Mark for doing all of the heavy lifting all of the work. Uh, he had to go to his lockup to grab all of his wrestling toys. You couldn't have asked for a better uh, audience and a better shot. I had such a ball. Uh, if you want to grab some merch, uh, just head on over to uh, WrestleMePod on Twitter. There'll be a link up there. So here it is for your delectation. This is SummerSlam 91. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMe. <laughs> Somebody found the grave sites of Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. You, you will see nipples. <laughs> it looks like a Guns N' Roses video where Slash turns out to be the bride in the hilarious twist at the end. Weirdly, Miss Elizabeth took more drugs. <laughs> uh, welcome to Wrestle Me. Thanks for coming down. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hello. Uh, Wrestle Me Pete. Wrestle Me Mark. Uh, Wrestle Me Audience. Hey! Um, these are coming off. <laughs> These are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grant, so uh, welcome. Uh, we're talking today about the pay-per-view SummerSlam 1991, a match made in heaven and a match made in hell. Uh, Pete, uh, what, what are your overall impressions? Um, it was very colourful and sweaty and uh, just Lord Alfred Hayes was back, so I'm just so happy. Yeah, so very good. happy. Um, this is, this is uh, uh, I say this every third episode, mm. one of those key, epi- key events in WWE history. And what this is, is the end of the golden era. So it's the end of Hogan's perfect superhero run, and it's also the end of the Ultimate Warrior's big superhero run. And what you begin to get in this one is the shift towards what becomes known as the new generation. Mm. So Bret Hart and the younger people who can really go. Um, The new generation doesn't start directly after this. There's about an 18-month span 
where they're beginning to find their way. But the seeds are all laid here. Um, oddly, the, the, the glue between the two eras, the Hogan and the Bret Hart eras, is Ric Flair. Mm. Short period of time of his career spent in this first WWF run. About 18 months, but he is the man who goes out. When Hogan is, is on top, he's against Flair. By the time Hart is made the, the new king, Flair is the guy he's going up against. So that's a little bit about the glue. <laughs> um, this is an interesting thing. So what we have here is the end of the golden era. Things are beginning to change. Hogan's act has become stale. Uh, it's repetitive. People are getting fed up of that big superhero thing. Are you reading our iTunes reviews? Yep. <laughs> Wrestlers have falling out of management, and there's also the steroid trial. So the steroid trial is a good reason to get rid of these great big hulking guys who are clearly on more steroids than you can imagine. Um, interesting fact related to the steroids, of the 28 wrestlers in SummerSlam 1991, 10 of them have died. Um, eight were in their 40s, one was in their 30s, and uh, Ultimate Warrior made it to his 50s. Wow. A third dead. Look, the Ultimate Warrior had work to do. <laughs> Racist work. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what you're going to love about this pay-per-view, right? And that is that there was a bit of legal. So in two thousand four, there's always a bit of legal. A bit. In two thousand and four, the WWE released uh, a DVD called "The Self Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior," and it's a hatchet job on Warrior because he won't cooperate with a sort of <laughs> a, a friendly one. So they decide to really do a thing that buries him. Mm. He's furious about this, and he starts a legal action about some of the things that are on the DVD. And one of the papers that came out because of this lawsuit is a breakdown of how much everyone who was on SummerSlam 1991 got paid. Oh, no. So we've always wondered about this. It's going to melt your fucking brain. <laughs> so <laughs> this here is one of the legal documents that came out that details everybody's pay. This is for one match. You can see Hulk Hogan gets $75,000 for the match at SummerSlam 91. Uh, a simple rule of thumb, it's, I believe... Uh, half, due to inflation, what it would be worth now. Right, okay. So he, he, he's got 75 grand. The Warrior is on exactly the same. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, $50,000. Colonel Mustafa, $25,000. <laughs> general Adnan, 10. <laughs> 10 too much. He's just a general. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like this. So you can see in the second column, this is what you came out for at night on a Saturday, <laughs> is to be taken through financial breakdowns. <laughs> of a 30-year-gone sporting event that happened in a country that isn't even this one. <laughs> uh, you can see the second thing says draw. And draw means if they were on the night, they said, can I have a bit of money? Oh, They'd right, go, oh, yeah. we'll jot that down. Yeah. So even though he got paid 25 grand, <laughs> Colonel Mustafa went, can I have $200? <laughs> uh, amazing. Um, what I thought I'd do is, rather than go through all the paperwork really boringly, as I'm doing now. <laughs> I thought we'd... I'll just... When we get to the matches, I'll tell you how much people got paid. Lovely old job. It will blow... Lovely. You will not believe it. It's obscene. <laughs> um, the uh, SummerSlam, it starts with great credits. Really, yeah, really yeah. enjoy them. Yeah, I like the people coming out of the logo, people going into the logo. How did they do that? Uh, I'm going to say an Amiga 500. <laughs> <I'll be laughs> um, and it's the two things, obviously, the, the double main event, if you like. You've got the wedding of Randy Savage to Miss Elizabeth, mm. and you've got uh, a match made in hell. Uh, as Roddy Piper says, it's really horrible, that's why they call it hell. <laughs> <laughs> and they use, there's a great Vince voiceover. Vince McMahon, not on this pay-per-view, because he is preparing for the big steroids trial. So he's basically off the scene. He only does that voiceover at the start. Mm. And there's two bits of love about it. One is the line, they introduce Randy Savage, and he goes, 
and then the nuptials turn to napalm. <laughs> <laughs> but the bit before it I'm really keen on is he's reading out the wedding invitation in that voice. And he goes, the macho man cordially invites you to come to his wedding. And it's, it's like if you, if you had some, like, like a really frightening homeless man who'd been through your rubbish and he found there was an invite to a wedding. <laughs> that means I'm coming. Yeah. Oh, you see, you've been cordially invited to a wedding. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, uh, takes place August the 26th, 1991 at Madison Square Garden. Oddly, Monday night. Oh, right. Yeah, it's that strange time for pay-per-view. <laughs> um, good big crowd, always MSG, the sort of home of WWF. Mm. Um, and uh, you get the, the triumvirate, the great uh, announcing team of Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and also Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that so much. And also, every time it cuts to them uh, doing their commentary business in front of their monitors on their desk, there's a woman who looks so much like Rose West behind them. <laughs> right, and she never moves. <laughs> And I'm thinking, timeline, it could have been Rose West. <laughs> um, every chance. Um, there was also a dark match. I've taken this out, not because it's like, oh, it, it's that part of the evening where we like to just get a bit sexy. Because um, I, I keep having to lean over. And it looks like I've got scoliosis. Um, there was a dark match on this SummerSlam, which right. isn't on the network. It was Coco Beware versus Kato. Kato was a masks member of the Orient Express. Masks because he was from America. Um, <laughs> his name was Paul Diamond. Now, they each got. It was Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond. Probably not his real name. Um, well, they name trends when he thinks sometimes, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe he is called Paul Diamond. He's like, what am I going to do with a name like this? I might as well become a wrestler. Be good. Um, they each got paid $1,200. Oh, no. For like a. But that's a big show. SummerSlam's a big show. Yeah. The amazing thing is, the, there were eight wrestlers on standby. And this is a, something I didn't really know about the business. They are paid to be there in case anyone gets injured and they want to change a match. Right. So the wrestlers who are backstage, uh, Marty Ginetti and Shawn Michaels... They... Nobody needs Marty backstage, <laughs> come on. I need Don't a... leave him alone for a second. <laughs> I need a bit more drama. man. <laughs> yes. uh, the, they were each paid £2,200. In money? In money. In money? Yes. <laughs> to turn up and not wrestle. Wow. Uh, Barbarian was given the same. Superfly Jimmy Snooker, £2,200. Probably straight to a lawyer. Um, <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan, two grand. Turn up, don't wrestle. Berserker, $1,700. Turn up, don't wrestle. Uh, and then there's a whole list of people who get it. Even Brutus Bob, the Barber Beefcake, mm. was brought along. He wasn't even wrestling at the time, he was injured. <laughs> and they just brought him along saying, come along. But that's, the entire, that's an entire alternative kind of like bizarre world reality of what could have been happening. <laughs> it's worth saying, there's a match between Greg Valentine and IRS, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you've got behind the curtain... Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, <laughs> the Beverly Brothers. That's a match right there. <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler, you can take that and leave it. Um, but they also had backstage... There, there are people who are just, again, not going to be used on the show, mm. but they're there in case. Jake the Snake Roberts and The Undertaker. And each of them were paid for one night, not wrestling, $5,200. Absolutely it. insane. Paul Bearer, 3700 <laughs> <laughs> Man. Um, so let's, let's crack on, shall we? Should we do the first match? I guess so, yeah. I like the idea that Paul Bearer just backstage. There was a wedding. Have the Paul Bearer be the ring bearer or something. <laughs> something with him. Christ. Ring bearer, his, yeah. his good brother. <laughs> <laughs> the, um... didn't, he, didn't he marry a quite a young woman? 
a worrying a, young woman. A legally yeah. young woman, yeah. yeah. Not, not the character. No, not the character, the real man. I mean, so it's, <laughs> it's not on. It's not on. <laughs> <laughs> Take one thing away from this episode. Not, right. not on. It was not under the Romeo and Juliet rules, let's make that <laughs> the, um, They actually do have a part, uh, uh, which I think we're going to see a little bit of later, right. where there's, after the wedding, the, the wedding party. Yes. And Jake Roberts and Undertaker are involved in that. Oh, that's why they got paid. No, that was filmed weeks after. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make any sense to all weeks before, one of the two. Um, Paul Bearer must have gone, why don't I get 5200 Dollars. And they're yeah. like, well, you're not a big star. And he's like, but no one's doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Why don't get the same? Um, so the first match, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the Texas Tornado and the British Bulldog versus Warlord and Power and Glory with Slick. Mm. Uh, $6,000 each, apart from the Bulldog 7. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get enough of the figures. Good I had no on. idea. I had no idea. A lot of... Uh, is this, I'm calling this a battle, the Battle of the Backney. With a lot of steroid use, yeah. big boys. Very true. Touching each other. You've got, I think that one of the, the, the interesting stories that I really like is uh, about this guy. There he is. Uh, Ricky Steamboat. And certainly, I mean, if not one of the greatest wrestlers of the 20th century, he was certainly the greatest wrestler of 1989. So he had a series of matches with Ric Flair. This is post, obviously, 87. He's got WrestleMania 3, Randy Savage, one of the great matches of all time. He goes to the NWA after a sabbatical. He takes on Ric Flair in three classic matches, all-time greats. And what next is the question. And the answer to that is, have your passion for wrestling destroyed because Vince McMahon's heard you're called the Dragon and for some reason you're not breathing fire. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long tradition of great wrestlers who are slightly smaller, who Vince McMahon looks at and just goes, never going to be a star. Mm. And you can, look, you can see it with um, Hideo Itami recently, uh, Ultimo Dragon, one of the great Japanese wrestlers who always wanted to run in WWF, and they were just like, you are the drizzling shit. And it's like, well, I'm really good everywhere else. Maybe it's your fault. Nope, no, no, it's you. And Ricky Steamboat was the same. He was coming off just a, a career... He'd blown away pretty much everyone of his generation with this year-long wrestling campaign. Mm. And he comes to WWF and it's just... He's, he's, he's mid-card. And he was such a great wrestler. It's really hard not to think he didn't waste those two years in WWE when he should have been at the prime of his career. There's so many stories like this, though, where it's just, you know, the wrestlers always... It's a little bit like football. I've said it before. Like, footballers... Every footballer's autobiography always just... They didn't believe I was big enough for the yeah. game. They didn't yeah. believe I was big enough. He's, he's stand closer. <laughs> the, the thing about Ricky Steamboat is I mean look at him you can see in his face there he doesn't believe that this is going to work <laughs> and no one believes it's going to work and what do you know it doesn't work um, they just the, the thing they were keen on was fill your mouth with white spirit and yeah. come out and go and yeah. then you get that big plume of flame. Mm. But the problem was, because he had to come out to the ring with a mouth full of white spirit, whenever you see him, he just looks uneasy because he's all pissed. <laughs> Absolutely pissed. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I like this guy. Oh, he seems... There's something off about him. <laughs> he's wet himself. <laughs> Is he going to die, mummy? <laughs> just his career, darling, just his career. I think, I think always with these wrestlers, they, uh, I bet they only ever made one of those costumes. Yeah. They, did, they never made yeah. more than one. No, absolutely not. I mean, he, he was, he was, it was a short time. He, he then went on to uh, back to WCW, and he had a, a great career. What's interesting, Ricky Steamboat, uh, real name, Richard Blood. Right? Richard Blood? <laughs> Richard Blood. Wow. I'd never used that. No. Oh, I don't know what, what use that would be. Uh, I'm calling myself Richard Steamliner. Riddle, riddle with hepatitis, not a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, Richard Blood's blading again. Well, he will do that. <laughs> yeah. He... Uh, 
Uh, he, oh, God, it makes me feel ill. He's really it ripped us grin there. It's like um, the Saddam Hussein hostage videos, <laughs> where he's seen in the background. Are you being treated well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is that white spirit in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he was a career babyface. So few wrestlers, certainly in the modern era, Never were seen. good guys for the whole of their careers, and he was. Ironically, you could tell how like miserable he was here. Is that when he went to the WWE, he said, "Can I be a rule breaker? Mm. Can I have a go?" And Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson said, no, you, you are not going to be doing that. And I imagine whatever he'd have asked, they'd have been like, no, no, you're not doing that. Can I have a good match? No. No, no, Love no. something for the vending machine? No. Yeah. Uh, the best fact about Ricky Steamboat, which we've had him on a lot of WrestleManias, and I've always meant to tell this story and I've always forgotten, is he lost his name, Ricky Steamboat, in a divorce settlement. What? <laughs> That was like IP he gave away, like yep. the, the dog, he, the house. He, he gave it all him. away, and his wife, who is, uh, by all accounts, quite vindictive, still alive, so let's wait to hear her side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do a law degree, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but, Christ. Um, not, not dressed like that. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he basically lost the, the rights to use the name Ricky Steamboat <laughs> for a period in the 90s to his wife. Wow. And she would then use it at conventions, saying, come and meet Mrs Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> You see the Ricky Steamboat, but he couldn't call himself anything. He didn't call himself Richard Blood. He just sat at home. Right. And eventually, he was able to get it back. What's interesting is there was a period where the WWE launched a thing like the network called 24-7, which was an online-only archive. And Vince McMahon had to pay Ricky Steamboat's wife a royalty every time they amazing. used the words Ricky Steamboat on television. <laughs> just an amazingly weird thing. I, I like the fact that... Um, is it Dana Warrior? What, uh, the Ultimate Warrior's ex-wife. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Uh, widow. 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 It's called, yeah. I mean, technically ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, she's out the woods. It's fine. But, um, <laughs> but she tweeted a picture quite recently um, during Pride Week, sort of saying, you know, love is love and all that stuff, with the warrior face paint on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't... He was a famous homophobe. Yeah. Don't do that. I think possibly the most famous homophobe. I think so, yeah. For someone who's known for something else and not just homophobia, <laughs> I think he is the most famous homophobe. <laughs> I mean, um, so, uh, man, it does make me feel ill at the photo. I'm going to actually move on to, to, to that logo. Uh, the new logo <laughs> as well. Uh, manly. Manly. <laughs> Um, the other person in this match who had a long career is uh, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Mm. And we've talked about the Von Erichs before. There's a great um, dark side of the ring about the, the Von Erich curse, which was the five brothers, only one is alive. That's right, yeah. Uh, 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 I think the four of them predeceased their father, who was uh, Fritz Von Erich. Um, the, the story of the Von Erichs has slightly overshadowed the career of Kerry Von Erich. And he was such a massive star. Um, here he is. Oh, He's a good-looking man. He's sort of like a sexy centaur. He's got a very <laughs> horse-like face. Yeah. I actually, there was, there was a photograph that I found of him riding a horse. <laughs> and it's like a sort of optical illusion. <laughs> You're like, oh, very tall horse. Who riding who? <laughs> I, just, um, I just like the background. It looks like, uh, like a true crime documentary, kind of. I think, found the woman, I, right to the stump. I think that's exactly what that background probably turned into. <laughs> um, this is most likely taken at the Von Erich's ranch. So his father, Fritz Von Erich, uh, he wasn't called Fritz von Erich, he was called Jack Adkisson. Right. And he'd taken on the name Fritz von Erich because in the 50s and 60s he portrayed an evil Nazi character. And he became... He betrayed or portrayed, sorry. Portrayed, oh, okay, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How well, you get your name, son? I betrayed a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you a villain? <laughs> Why are we booing you? Um, 
but he became a good guy, but he's like, well, they know me as Fritz von Erichs, so I'll keep that, you know. <laughs> um, and so the sons became known as the von Erichs. Right. And they were a very small... Texas, uh, where, they, where they grew up, they were huge fish in a small pond. Mm. So their dad ran the wrestling territory that had television. From their teens, they're on television. They are, their dad is hyping them up when they're, you know, 12. Who's one of the great athletes? He wins all the high school things. They spent their time just being celebrities from the age of zero. Oh. And Kerry Von Erich, very quickly, I mean, it was sex and drugs. Mm. What's and really interesting... And, <laughs> and what's really interesting is that he... He, he, he gets to a point where he's so fucked up that normally that would be the wake-up call. But what happens is his father has so much sway in Texas as a whole mm. that he's paying the police to look the other way when Kerry is found, you know, doing X, Y, Z. So they just grow up with no real sense of responsibility. Um, what happens with Kerry towards the end of his career is all to do with the, essentially the drugs. So in 1986, he has a motorcycle accident and... Uh, as the, as the, 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 um, the family put it on television, he had a motorcycle accident and then he tried to walk too early in the hospital, re-injured the leg, and it, and it had to be partly amputated. For years, the story of his amputated foot was like a rumour running through wrestling. And it was only in 1988 that it was revealed when in a match, one of his uh, opponents, Colonel De Beers, pulled off his boot and everyone could see that he had no foot from there, no, no leg from there, there down. Mm. Um, everyone was confused as to why they'd hidden it. You know, yeah. it, it was a big disability especially, that he worked round. Yeah, and especially in wrestling, they'll, they'll use a gimmick in any way. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, my foot. Yeah. <laughs> it has come off in a match. <laughs> I am the Texas, this is how the Texas tornado to talk. <laughs> your, your booking has been strong. <laughs> um, so, but what, what basically had happened is the actual story, he was off his nut on a motorcycle. He was weaving in and out of traffic and he went into the back of a police car. They then tried to rush him after the, the hospital. He damaged his leg very badly. To make sure they got the ratings, they rushed him back in the ring much too quickly. Right. And he did one match and he basically destroyed the healing process and the leg had to be removed. There was a sense of they were supermen, so they couldn't sort of say, we, we destroyed our son. Yeah. in the ring for right. money. Um, there's another great story about uh, Kerry Von Erich, which I like more than that. Um, it's amazing. Oddly, he's a sort of disabled wrestling pioneer, mm. um, but nobody talks about it because I think, you know, there are other bigger stories with Kerry Von Erich. Um, the other great story about Kerry Von Erich is there's a long-standing rumour that he was once so out of his head on drugs that he uh, killed a cat. <laughs> Did he, was the, were the drugs behind the cat? <laughs> the cat was just walking down a road, right. and he grabbed it and killed it. <laughs> I mean, to tornadoes will do that. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Love that. The fact do you that love that? I do. You're a, cat, you're a cat lover. The fact that somehow that story, everyone's gone, it's the weirdest story about him just <laughs> grabbing a cat and killing it. Mm. And they've gone, oh, yeah, well, don't worry about it. And go, no. No, I'll tell enough people that over 20 years, it will get to a man in England and he will tell it to another generation. <laughs> Kill the cat. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uh, other people in the matches as well. British Bulldog. He's, um, uh, he's on the rise here. They're building up and he's getting a, a lot of steam behind him. He will, of course, the following year be at Wembley uh, Stadium in the main event of SummerSlam 92. Yes. Uh, the other five... They are all gone from the WWE within the year. Why is Warlord hanging out with Slick? Where do they, where do they meet? Don't know. Because they've both got sticks. So maybe they were like <laughs> buying their canes at the same shop. The stick is weird. Because it's got a W on it, hasn't it? Yeah. But, well, I mean, you're sort of going, this is, what is he? He's not really a Warlord. I don't know what he is. He's, He's just a, a big man bloke. with a stick, Mark. <laughs> But in his backstory, there must have been a bit where he went, I'd like to get a stick with my initial on it. <laughs> it's a bit warrior. Yeah. Like <laughs> He's got to get it made. Um, he retired from wrestling uh, the Warlord in 1996 when he was involved in a, a car accident with a Pizza Hut delivery truck. <laughs> got, got to get those calves in you. <laughs> yeah. Killed a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what uh, Donald Trump calls the Texas tornado? The Alabama tornado. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's all I've got, really. If the atmosphere in this room was a living cat, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Texas Curiosity. Yeah. Um, the next match, uh, Mr. Perfect, $22,000, uh, versus <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart, $17,500. Yes. Uh, this is the, the really important match that happens at SummerSlam 1991. It is leagues ahead, not just everything else on the card, yeah. but pretty much any WWF wrestling that didn't involve those two men over the last sort of three or four years. It was really good. It's really, really good. There's, um, there's a, a change in the style here where they aren't being like the guys in the early match who are 
all sort of like flexing. And th- they are two people from, they're, they're both second generation wrestlers. They respect the business. They both know how to wrestle. And they put them together and it really, really works. Watching this back, I've forgotten this, but people had wanted the Hitman to be a single star for so long. And they just loved watching him wrestle. And even in this match, nobody in the audience seems to believe that he's actually going to win. And so it makes it thrilling the whole way through that the audience are like, God, he was so close, but they're not going to let him do it. And then finally, when he gets that sharpshooter on, I mean, it's just thrilling. Um, Really impressive performance by by Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect. This also is pretty much the, the start of the end of his career. So he's been working with a really damaged back. He's got a really, I think, a broken tailbone in this. He thought he was going to lose the belt months before. They've dragged him out. He's doing one last match, really. And he just gives everything to it. Um, Immediately after this, he is off. He's one of the wrestlers who took a Lloyd's of London insurance policy. So if they were injured, they would get payouts. Mm. Lloyd's of London did not really understand what wrestling was. (laughs) (laughs) And they had a basic thing. They said, if you're incapacitated and you can't do your job then we will pay you the salary that you would have got. Yeah. And everybody who gets one of those uh, big insurance policies immediately gets a career-ending injury. Perfect comes back three or four times. He's a colour commentator. He's a ringside advisor. And he's every time Lloyd's go, this looks like it's quite physical, mm. he goes, oh, yeah, no, it's bad. Actually, it's bad. <laughs> and he then becomes a commentator again. Right. And it just it's a constant thing. This goes on, this is 1991. Lloyd's pay out, I think, till the late 90s, mm. by which time he's offered so much money by WCW, he's like, that's much more than the Lloyd's thing, so I'm going to stop doing it. <laughs> loads, I'll be back. <laughs> loads of wrestlers took advantage. Rick Rude was one of them, although he did have a serious injury that did prevent him. Road Warrior Animal, another one who had a policy that he cashed in on. The one person who had a policy that they didn't cash in on was Bret Hart. Right. And when he did come to cash in on it, when he was you know, given a concussion and his career ended... Lloyd's were so suspicious because of what Perfect had done with them all those years. <laughs> so, oddly, this match is two men who would have long litigation <laughs> with Lloyd's of London insurers. <laughs> That's why we remember this match. <laughs> That's what SummerSlam's all about. Yeah. Um, Gorilla Monsoon at one point shouts in this, Suplex City coming up! Give that man 50% of Brock Lesnar's T-shirt <laughs> sales. Um, but it's thrilling. I mean, this is, this is proper wrestling. In a cartoonish era, they go out there and they make it, it... It's a beautiful match. It's so crisp and flawlessly executed and just exciting from start to finish. They don't let up. And oddly, there's a bit at the end where Bret Hart, he actually rips off Kurt Hennig's uh, singlet. Mm. It's never been done before or since. <laughs> I don't know why he sort of decided that was the thing. To, he's going to eat it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I got your suit's power. <laughs> I did, I did enjoy the way that, uh, that um, uh, Bret Hart put the spectacles, spectacles, the sunglasses, on, mm. the, on the child. He's, he, he does that every time. Yeah. Stroke too much of the face for him. <laughs> <laughs> he sort of didn't get a reaction, and he's like, maybe if I caress him, there'll be a... Mm, not sure, not sure. Um, the, the, the other thing that happens in this, really, and it's, again, a, a bit of a shift in how WWE... Uh, is working is they begin acknowledging um, Bret Hart's family as mm. being wrestling pioneers Stu Hart and Helen Hart and they don't do it with anyone else I mean Kurt Hennig's dad is Larry the Axe Hennig uh, who was actually I think a, a really early WWF tag team champion mm. oh Bret Hart's allowed to have his mum and dad there 
can I have my mum? No. <laughs> no, only Bret Hart. But they have Stu Hart. And Stu Hart is the... He's just a weird choice to go, let's constantly put him on telly. Yeah, let's bring him on. Yeah, he hasn't got any skeletons, literally, in this <laughs> <laughs> In his basement. He's a huge guy. He's got this bear-like shuffle. He's got a tongue that is permanently out. Ah, ah, like that. And when he speaks, it's... I mean... Ah, ah, ah. So... The obvious thing you do with that is you go, well, two things we need to do here. One, we need to interview him on camera. Correct, yeah. yeah. And two, we need our best interviewer on the job. <laughs> now, this is on the network. I, I couldn't find a, a proper <laughs> clip of this on YouTube. The WWE have their SummerSlam memories thing, and it cuts off as Stu Hart sort of goes, <laughs> terrific, like that. And you go, no, you idiots, you've missed the good bit. So uh, this is recorded off my telly, so apologies uh, for the quality of what you're about to see. In a monologue, I, I can see Stu <laughs> Hart here as he's holding his big old horrible hand. Stu, I don't know if you remember, but in 1964, you were a prick to me. <laughs> Absolutely he amazing. Gets the interview just goes, yeah, I see that. <laughs> well, uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, it's a vintage. I'd forgotten how much Alfred Hayes is in this SummerSlam 1991. <laughs> and there's a period, like you could see from that little video that we put up, there was a period where Alfred Hayes is doing 95% of the on-air programming for <laughs> WWE. And that includes all the matches. <laughs> He's just continually on television. Love it. Um, worth mentioning as well here, uh, Mr Perfect has got a manager yes. who you've never seen uh, before, and I don't think you'll ever see again. But he's called the coach. I thought it was the bloke who did the Miller cat fights, uh, the coachman. No, no not Jonathan not Coachman. Him, no. no, no. This is, this is again, one of the most perplexing decisions that was made. <laughs> so uh, the coach was a guy called John Tolos, who was a big 60s wrestler. He was known as the Golden Greek, and he mainly wrestled in Los Angeles, the L.A. area. A big star. And he was famous for how good he was on the mic, mm. right? Um, the, the, there's a publicist in Los Angeles who said Tolos was, without, uh, without a doubt, one of the best talkers ever. His frequent opponent, Mando Guerrero, said he was a master at his craft. Um, he was the old school. He would carry people to a heated end as soon as he had that stick. You know, it was a continuum. Tolos was one hell of a talker, uh, said uh, a referee who was a long time in the business. What they do with him is they go, do you know what, John? Let's play to your strengths. Stick a whistle in your mouth and never say anything. <laughs> Perplexing. Mr. Perfect did not need a manager. He was a great talker. He does all the talking through that. Yeah. Uh, John Tolos got £3,200 nice for just for standing whistle. about. Little whistle work. Yeah, shocking. Um, then we got our next match, which is the Bushwhackers with Andre the Giant versus the Natural Disasters. Mm. How did you feel about this one? Um, I thought it was a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I think Bob, Bobby Heenan says uh, Earthquake is living proof that Chernobyl happened. <laughs> I think he was referring to his size, but I think in many ways... He died at 42, so that kind of <laughs> counts in his favour as well, I suppose, yeah. Uh, Andre, at this point, they're having a very difficult thing, which is going, 
Andre is a legend of our business mm. and we need to give him uh, a dignified out uh, and so that he can move on, you know, to whatever he's going to do next. <laughs> Expire. <laughs> and Literally that. It is the... I find this really awkward to watch because Andre is so far from his glory years. He's mm. so far from how he was a year before. And he comes out with these, uh, you know, massive crutches and it's just walking down the ring and he can't really move... And he looks tired and he looks sad. And he's, he was supposed to have a programme with Earthquake following this. Right. But they just, he just could never get it back together again. There was hope against hope. The idea was they wanted Andre, as a thank you, to go out as a good guy. But that boat had already sailed. Right. And Andre was not on that boat. It would normally be a good thing. <laughs> is Andre going to be on this boat? Yes, I'm not going to go on that boat. It's, uh, yeah, there is no room. Um, and instead, this is his final WWE pay-per-view appearance, right. where he's standing at ringside with crutches while the bushwhackers put two hats on his head to remind everyone he's got a massive monster's head. You know? He looks so sad. The quiet dignity of a monster. <laughs> it's just that... Um, I just like the fact that, like... Because the, there's a runner, isn't there? Because the Legion do turn up. Yeah. And I genuinely think that Legion only turn up because they see Andre on crutches and they think, he's been to a hospital. I wonder if they gave him pills. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have some of the pills? I mean, that, that, that's also the sad thing, is that obviously in that scenario, who is supposed to be in the ring making the save? It's Andre. That's <laughs> booking 101. Yeah. And they have to get surrogate people in to do it. it yeah. There's a bit where Andre, he suddenly looks like the old women used to get in 70s British wrestling, where <laughs> he's got his crutch, and as Earthquake goes by, he oh, goes... It like that. And it hits Earthquake, and Earthquake, he doesn't know what it is, he just goes, ah! Like that. <laughs> It's like, again, if you've just been through, like, an eight-minute match that's supposed to be high-impact, when Andre taps you with a crutch, don't go, ah! <laughs> fucking idiot! He is, he is highly irradiated, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's graphite on the stage. I, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, Andre the Giant. It's a funny name, right? <laughs> it is a funny name. It's an name. accurate name. It is. If you're French... He's, it translates as Andrew the Giant, right? <laughs> and was, if you're in France, you're like, oh, yeah, Giant Andrew. That's what they'd call him, Giant Andrew. Uh, and I was thinking, why do we never, why do we never shout, Andrew! <laughs> I mean, I, I know his name's Andre, but Giant Andrew is a good wrestling a name. name. Giant Andrew. <laughs> Bobby Heenan uh, in this match shouts, if I had to manage the Bushwhackers, I'd commit suicide. Yeah. Who does, who, what are you going to say to that? <laughs> what are you going to say to that? You do what Roddy Piper does, which is try and get in with a line where essentially what you want to say is, I would help you get their services so that you kill yourself. <laughs> and Roddy Piper can see it there and he races at it so fast that he's just going, I <laughs> Feel for you, Hot Rod. Feel for you. Ooh, baby, that's what I like, and that is about it for us here on Wrestle Me this week. Uh, part two coming at you next time. If you want a quick update on Mark, uh, he finished uh, a weekend of producing podcasts of varying shapes and sizes, and he immediately came down with a stinking cold. So uh, that's what he's doing at the moment. Something I'm very much looking forward to uh, when it comes to the Football Ramble uh, tour. By the way, if you want to uh, see me, on tour as part of the uh, football ramble. We got songs, we got dances, we got games, we got giveaways, stupid nonsense, wall to wall stupid nonsense. RambleLive.com. Even if you don't like football, it's still a bit of a giggle. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.